everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Us What's in the Box. What's in the box? Whoa, stuff that should have stayed in the box again. Or oh my gosh. <laughs> stuff that should... Ch- oh God, this... Oh, so one of us had seen this movie. Let's just no. preface that with this is something we knew it was uh, a holiday thing. Happy holidays, by the way. You will be happy seeing. holidays. It is a couple days before uh, <laughs> Christmas, um, and uh, we, you know when you're listening to this, um, if you listen to it right away. So happy holidays, whichever one you celebrate. Yes, and, uh, we, we knew this movie took place around that time period, and that's why we selected it. But neither one of us had seen it, so yeah, um, yeah, happy holidays, folks, especially if you celebrate Christmas. Uh, today's episode is all about the 2019 film The Lodge, directed by Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala. Um, it's a horror thriller, um, that's about two kids and their dad um their mom d- passes away by passes suicide. away passes away okay, i'm trying that... to be nice about it <laughs> uh, and, and um, i mean that was dad... just right up i mean it's straight off that she had no no uh, qualms there about that that scene and uh the mom was played by alicia silverstone yes so i was, like, that was good I was... to see her I was like looking at my TV and I'm like, I know this. I know this chick. Who yeah. is that? I'm like, oh my God. It's Alicia. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The yes. mother uh, commits suicide. Um, and so now the two children are with their father. Mm-hmm. And their soon to be stepmother, Grace, who yes. has a very traumatic past. Um, she yes. was essentially in a religious cults with very not so subtle catholic undertones but also this whole like um heaven's gate vibe to it especially with all the shots of them um having all committed suicide in the same room with shrouds all covering their faces um so Grace lived through this very traumatic event, um but it's it's super shady because the father met her Yes, he's a reporter. Yeah, he's a journalist. I gathered, and he's doing a book on the cult. He already did the book. I think. He already did the book. Yeah, uh, and he <laughs> met her because you know she's obviously was the only survivor of this event, the suicide pact. Yeah, and I mean, oof, I mean that's uh, you know that's just super shady to me. There's a lot of mental illness to unpack in the lodge. And, and the dad was case- Richard Armitage, just giving credit to actors. Uh, Richard Armitage, yes. uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Who was he in Lord of the Rings? Well, he was in The Hobbit. Lord of the Rings oh, the series. Hobbit. He was okay. in The Hobbit. He was um, Durin. He was the king under the mountain. Okay, I've never seen The Hobbit. Oh, okay. so. He was a gamer. He was very good. Anyway, okay. so it was Richard Armitage, and anyway, but yeah. So, um, and the kids uh, don't want anything to do with Grace. Um, yeah. They they blame her for their mother's suicide, um, because the dad apparently left her for Grace, or him and Grace started getting together, and they yeah. Separated. That's like kind of inferred, but it's never directly addressed. But what but what we do know is well, the sun um, says when, that, so we don't know if oh, that's actually the true. The sun says that, yeah, you left her for a psychopath and blah 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 blah. And uh, before okay. when he so, was trying okay, to, okay, yeah. so but yeah, so um, I'm getting the names because that, but Lauren, the um, the real mom the biological mother um when yeah when when we meet her and richard for the first time they've already been separated for a while um she brings the kids over because i guess it's his weekend or week or whatever with with the kids and he's like hey here's some money go down the street and get some candy i need to talk to your mom and that's when he says hey we really need to get this divorce finalized because grace and i are getting married 
And before this whole entire scene, we already see her like break down in the bathroom crying as Mm. she's bringing the kids over and everything. And she, when she hears him say this to her and she just kind of looks at him and smiles and goes, okay. And like immediately runs out the door and then cut to her straightening stuff up in the living room. She goes back into the, I guess the dining room or whatever. Yeah. Pours herself a glass of wine. There's TV on in the back room. She drinks some of the wine and then she just nonchalantly pulls the gun out of her purse, yeah. puts it in her mouth, and pulls her head off. Yeah. And yeah. she had no, I mean, it was just like boom, pull out, gun, boom, in the head. It was like, and it was like, oh. like, like there was no hesitation. There was no, yeah. There that was- part I did not see coming, but the whole marriage dynamic I did just because it's that it's been done that way so many times in so many different movies on um, yeah. horror or not. So I was like, okay, they're divorced. Yeah. There's another woman somewhere. And even before there was any mention of grace, when he said, oh, we need to talk. I knew, oh, he's going to tell his soon to be ex-wife that he's remarrying the woman that he left her for. And yeah. lo and behold, that was that. Yeah. But from there on the rest of the movie, it's not predictable whatsoever. No, it's- I mean, we're trying to figure out what was going on and what was happening. Um, so, so what happens is, is after this, you know, they have a funeral. The kids are obviously uh, devastated, and you can on- already tell they didn't like Grace beforehand because when their mother was turning over, he was like, "Is she going to be there?" You know. Yeah. So they already did not like Grace and everything, and so this happens. They're staying with their father. The daughter, it tries to console her and it doesn't work. She tells him to get away. Um, and you, you actually, they actually established pretty well, you know, getting into the relationships that the brother and sister are very close. Very, very uh, close. They're, yeah. they're very close. Um, you know, in the car, we see that. Um, and then when she's upset, he comes in and lays beside her bed. Um, and everything. Also, and an, an important thing to note, to like the family not not so much the dad but laura she was very religious so Uh they have like a traditional like catholic um mass for the funeral and everything else and and when um richard is trying to console his daughter mia she keeps screaming like she's not going to heaven she's not going to heaven because it's a catholic belief like you commit suicide that is like one of the ultimate like forgivable sins yeah, you know, so she's freaking out about that. So which just made me feel like, why do we tell this crap to kids? Why? I know. Why? Well, I grew up in that. So crap, messed so up. Like, <laughs> I grew up yeah. Catholic as well. It's like, why yeah. Do we? Why? This is what happens. This is what yeah. happens. You know, and oh god, it, you know, it made yeah. me really like. I'm like, oh my god, and now this girl is having a breakdown, and she's traumatized. Because some priests, you know, it's just, oh, yeah. God. you know, and uh, so the dad, I mean, the dad is just, I mean, poor decision out of poor decision out of poor decision. I feel like from the father, he's His a kids, selfish asshole, the dad. Oh my he's God. Completely self. He's so selfish. So, I mean, yeah. so six months later, okay, just six months later, he, wants to have christmas with grace or whatever and you know which is like oh my god these kids are not obviously that you're obviously not predisposed to this why are you trying to force this stuff this never works it never works to force this stuff um you know just my sister and i don't get along for whatever reason and my Mm -hmm. father when i was a senior in high school decided to give me a trip she's older um decided to give me a trip to california to go and visit her thought that would be a good idea and let me tell you it was not a good idea <laughs> trying to force <laughs> that stuff and force people to have relationships like that especially kids kids it's who, not gonna work yeah out. especially so I mean, yeah not mourning even, their mother yeah and not mourning even taking them, aside yeah. the mourning their mom the traumatization from that et cetera, et cetera, and the divorce just in general you know and then you add that other stuff on it 
And it just compounds it. The dad was seriously, so he tried, he, and, and I don't actually know how he convinced him, whether he just forced it, because it kind of cut to him saying that and then them picking her up. So mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how it, you know, whether he just said it's happening, that's it, you know, or whether they reluctantly agreed or what. But um, if, what we, what we yeah. do know is they were researching her and the kids found out about her past with the cult and her being the only survivor. They found out about it. Um, so we know that. So um, the dad's big idea is they're going to go to this remote cabin, right? And spend Christmas there, this remote cabin in Massachusetts, um, and spend Christmas there. Um, yeah. But he still has to work, though. He yeah. has to go away for a few days to lead up, like, to Christmas, leaving his kids alone with Grace, which yeah. her, the character's name is very, like, like on the nose for this whole Catholicism, like, not even like symbolism, like in your face, like dark, like cliche, everything that is Catholicism, which we can get into more in a bit after we talk about the characters. But just, um, yeah, it made it made me really angry to see yeah. <laughs> to, to see Catholicism still like portrayed in this way, and I know it's. It's very much um, the backbone of a lot of like horror stories, and it is very that's tried fine. and true. It is very, very tried and true. You obviously can use it. There's a lot of stuff in there that translates very well to the horror genre, but there was not uh like the only like even the kids they were the most redeeming thing about this but then the shit that they pulled with grace i was like oh my god you're gonna pull this shit on a lady who's got ptsd from being in a religious cult take her frigging medication yeah the hell like yeah i mean anyway i mean that's yeah. a little bit so so he leaves so it's just the three of them now uh and the dog okay. great and her little which too. yeah her little we'll her get little, to the dog in a bit her, her <laughs> long yeah um who you know those two the kids grace and the dog um and then shit starts to happen um what is that shit, Danny? What is that shit? <laughs> it just starts to happen. Well, first of all, you kind of get established like they want nothing to do with her. Um, you know, and she tries to have a talk with Aiden. And uh, it doesn't work out. Um, he basically tells her to F off. And uh, hang on just a second. I'm going to cut this out. But my I'm hearing clicking. I don't know. Oh. Um, I'll cut this out, but okay. Let me see. Let me turn. Hello, hello. Is that better? I can hear you. I I didn't hear any. I heard it on my, my end. end. Um, okay. Okay. I'm not. Oh. Think. Let me do this. Hello, hello. Let me try this again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I fixed it. I turned down the gain on my microphone. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, now it won't distract me. Okay. And I'll cut this part. <laughs> so yeah. So she has a discussion with Aiden and it does not go well. Um, he basically tells her to fuck off and, uh, yeah, he tells her to F off and, um, you know, basically like, why would I want to talk to you? Like, no. Yeah. But then, and this is where I started to be like, then he makes her hot chocolate. Which I was like, I thought he was gonna poison it. Uh, I, <laughs> I was like, my first thought. I'm like, I don't trust you, kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw you in it. <laughs> oh, that's where I recognize him from. Yeah, he played a uh, Bill right. Denbro. He played the younger, the young Liam. That's right. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, and he gives her this thing, and then she wakes up, and. Uh, wakes up and like st- shit is gone like uh, their stuff is gone like 
her stuff, the Christmas decorations she had put up, like, in, in, in an effort to do cheer or whatever. Um, Including, were, like, the gas, like, heater that they brought in while they were yeah. watching movies because it was really cold. Yeah. Like, yeah. the entire house is bare. All the food's gone in the yeah. fridge, the pantries, her like, all the clothes are gone. Her meds stuff. that she needs to uh, remain yeah. on this side of reality. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, then then this starts, like, the tension. Like, she's like, what did you do? She accuses the kids because, I mean, who all the fuck is in the house? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then so then you start this. Well, did they do or did she do it? You know, I kind of was like a little like, okay, he gave her that stuff. I don't I don't trust that. But um, but yeah, and it escalates. Um, the dog is gone uh, when she wakes up with all the stuff gone and everything and um she starts hearing noises and voices like specifically stuff her dad said and stuff like that um you know and it starts to she starts going through withdrawals from her medication Mm -hmm. um she the the power the generator doesn't work they tell her their phones are dead Mm -hmm. Um, the pipes are frozen the pipes are frozen um she decides she's gonna try to walk to town um, but she ends up just doing a big circle, um, and it it sucks, and um, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Are there any other notable things before we get to the? Um, I'm trying to think what else they did. Well, I mean, they they all oh they the kids. I mean, they planned this entire thing. Like, yeah, that's what the- you find out. Because um, basically, yeah. yeah, she has basically a break. Uh, like a psychotic well, they, break. she's outside they convince her that they're dead yeah that they they're all dead that they're dead um yeah. they find the the paper quote unquote with their stuff on it and they're praying over it and they're using the language and trying to tell grace they need to pray for i mean it's sick it's sick and finally yeah. And, and oh, among the other bad decisions the father does is he shows her the gun that he oh, had yeah. in the house. Chekhov's gun on the nose with Yeah, him. before he leaves. You know, he shows it to her. Yeah. And his fucking code is space balls, one, two, three, four, five, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, it sounds like a thing that an idiot would have in his luggage. <laughs> um, she goes out, shoots it, whatever. Um, you know, so she has a break. She finds the dog outside. As she's having this break, she's wandering around. She finds the dog frozen outside and yeah. uh, sits on the porch. And she yeah. has fully had a break. This is when the kids start to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they realize, oh, we fucked up. Yeah, we fucked hey, up. Chris, I'm sorry. We, we were just joking. Oh, and it also doesn't help that Aiden somehow fakes like he hangs himself yeah fakes in the he hallway hangs, yeah, and that's how he partially convinced tries to convince her they're, they're dead and everything i mean it was freaked yeah. up what they did freaked up what they did um and yeah the girl feels bad she's like i'm sorry it was my fault i left the door open i assume when they were taking all the shit or whatever yeah she accidentally left the star and the dog got out so they didn't intend that to happen but mm. um and so, you know, they try to come and say, no, we were just pretending. We were just this, that, or the other thing. But she's, she's gone. She's been out without her meds. Uh, oh, yeah. And they also messed the clock to mess with her sense of time. Um, yeah. And did all this stuff. And so she, she just has this break. Like, and they try to tell her, oh, we were pretending. We did all this stuff. Look, all our stuff is here. You know, they'd hidden it. Um and everything but it's too late yeah and the dad finally comes back she shoots and kills him and then like drags his body down to the dinner table where the other two kids are they're still alive and then the, like the final shot is her putting duct tape over their mouths that says sin on them which is what the other members the of the cult did, had yeah. during the mass suicide and what 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 she had so I think, yeah, that's essentially the whole movie in a nutshell. And I don't know about you, Denny, but I have, and I think this is the first time with anything that we've talked about 
on our podcast so far, I have a lot of issues with how the characters were portrayed, mainly in the sense of um, believability, especially uh-huh. the kids. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm... I believed like the kids' relationship with each other, that they were really close because we had that establishing shot when they're in the car with with their mother and um, Aiden accidentally, you know, pulls the arm off Mia's doll and she's just like, you're lucky it can go it can go yeah, back, it's back on brother then, sister stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just like nice little banter. Um, and they were like, you know, they were really, really close, especially the, the whole thing that you mentioned before when he goes and he lays down on the floor to be with, with his sister. But the fact that they would come up with an elaborate oh, scheme yeah. And they planned it, okay? Because the father, remember the father saw the dollhouse. And the house was of the cabin that they owned. The dollhouse was of the cabin that that Mia, the sister, the the daughter, Mm -hmm. the girl had, was of the house. And the father saw that they had, you know, messed with some stuff in it or whatever. And so it was evident that they had planned this before they ever went up there because they knew the dad was going to be gone. He said that before they left that, Hey, I'll get up there with you. I'll settle you guys in. And then, you know, I have to turn around and go to work. So they knew, they knew and planned this. This was premeditated. Like they printed out those folders probably before they got there, those poster that they Mm -hmm. were using of like the three of them, they probably made it. And they set up the tapes and stuff from the video that they found online of her father preaching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they. Yeah. Because they were. You know, they like literally drove her insane, but there was nothing about the characters that was established that they were capable of doing that. They just were portrayed as like sweet, nice kids who had just lost their mother. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't understand, like I could understand kids, you know, like putting a white sheet over their head and like, Ooh, I'm a ghost, you know, stuff, stuff like that. Like nothing that serious, nothing that serious, that, that dark. And that twisted. I mean, that that was twisted what they did. Yeah. I I mean, mean, they took her medication. What the? What? You know, she was, I mean, and they used this incredibly serious traumatic thing that happened in her past to fuck with her. That, I mean, yeah. I mean, that was a step beyond what you would expect, like, kids to do. Yeah. It's like, I get you're not fond of your soon to be stepmother because it kind of destroyed your family dynamic. And I understand yeah. that they blame the dad and they blame Grace for what happened yeah. to mom. Even I, though it, that's it, a, yeah, that's a perfect logical reaction, logical, emotional reaction to something like that. I get that. But, but like, I, the movie just kind of completely glosses over the fact that they did this. And then they took the kids try to back out of the so I I couldn't buy into that. It just it made me angry. Yeah. I don't know. I've that's and again, I, I I just watched it before we hopped on with this podcast. And this was both our first times like seeing that. I just felt it was an extreme an extreme flaw on the part of the writing to make these kids so subtly evil because they focus on Grace's like sanity break. Yeah. Basically the entire movie and they paint her to be the evil one in this film when in reality she isn't. Yeah. She's a victim. Yeah. So yeah. I have any other thoughts on, on that? Just, I, I feel the more I talk about it, like, the angrier I get and the more I feel for grace and the more I hate this family. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was a lot. Like, I mean, you know, uh, my husband argued that it wasn't really horror. It was tragedy, which it really, you know, it can be tragedy. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, he was just, I mean, it was just one, of, it was not one of those horror movies where there's gore and there's this, that, and the other no. thing. It was a horror movie where it's just, you're horrified about what's going on. I was horrified by what the kids did when I realized that it was them doing it. I mean, for a little while, I thought maybe this is like a supernatural thing. I don't know, you know. I that's mean, that's be, what I was thinking, you too. know. Um, yeah. But that they did that. I mean, that's horrifying. That is horrifying. And they had no idea this. Okay. So one of two things is true. Either they knew the seriousness of what they were doing, which makes them just sick. Or two, they had no idea what they were getting into. Like this, like, you know, it's almost like it was a game to them and they didn't realize. Yeah. You know, but like, man, man, you know, I mean. Yeah. You're the scariest kids I've ever seen in a horror movie. Like <laughs> little kids, like, you know, who are the murderers and things and things like that. That has never scared me. Like these kids, they, I, I don't even know, like they're fucking psychopaths. Like yeah. they plan this out to emotionally and mentally torture their stepmother premeditated, which Excellent point because I hadn't really thought about the fact that it was pre-planned, but then that shot near the end of the movie when the dad is looking at the dolls and you see them like laid out in the yeah. living room and then the other doll hanging from yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. because like they were planning the what hallway. they were gonna do and they had to print out all that stuff and make yeah. the recordings they were playing throughout the house. You know, all this other stuff, like, I mean. And they, that's why they were okay with going up there. Because they're like, if we're going to do this, we're we're going to get her. Yeah. So, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, mess the hell up. Yeah. Mess the hell up. I mean, what, what leads – I mean, like, let's, let's be honest. I mean, yes, it's logical that they would blame the mother – and be pissed at the dad and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. But what that tells me is that they didn't get the help they needed after their mother died. Absolutely. Because it was obvious that if someone's going to do that over a divorce, that there were issues going on. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. she was before, obviously yeah. mental ill before that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, and I know? mean. Clearly, six six months later, when the when the dad is telling them, "Hey, Grace is coming over. I want to talk to you guys. We're gonna get married." Blah 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 blah. I mean, Mia, she's still like. There's that shot of her with the doll. That's the representation of her mother at Thanksgiving dinner, and she's making the doll a little bowl of food. Yeah. She's clear. They're both clearly still dealing with it. And what we get from the dad, he's completely selfish. He's ill-equipped to yeah. deal or to even like put his kids in therapy or yeah. go to therapy with them. But we got and, no indicator that they got yeah. any of that at all. I mean, so obviously they had not been talked to yeah. about this in any kind of way to help them process it, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, is like, yeah, I mean, you know, so yeah, they were close, but they obviously, they obviously had parents who were those kind of parents that were like, you know, they didn't really seem to, to, I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it, but like, Obviously, some things went untreated. Some things went unsaid. Like, it's one of those things where the family probably had this big elephant. That's what I'm saying. They were a family that didn't acknowledge their problems. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. Like, the mother obviously probably had mental health issues. Had mental health mm -hmm. issues probably before he even started seeing this other woman. Of seeing Grace. Um, you know, and they just mm -hmm. didn't talk about it. They just didn't deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like maybe the mom tried to, like she always tried to, but the father from the very first scene always came across as somebody who would be like, oh, it's not that big, big of a deal. Oh, stop being dramatic. Dramatic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, and then, yeah. 
So, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the relationship between Grace and the dad. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I mean, that's messed up too. Like, you mm-hmm. do this book and use her because, you know, you're doing a book on her father and the suicide cult and this extremely traumatic experience. And then you start having sex with her. Yeah. And, and dating her and, and, and all of this other stuff. And I'm not saying that that, you know, can't be legit, but it, but it's sort of like, how fast did you move? You know, like, yeah, I mean, it just seems like, you know, she was obviously a person who had a lot of issues. She was on medication for it. You know what I mean? And not to mention issues that she was, you know, still trying to deal with as one should, and she was getting there. Um, It's unfortunate that we don't see much of what the relationship was other than, Hey kids, I'm going to leave you with your future stepmom. Okay. Bye. You know, so like it it could have been fine. I'm under the impression that mm, not so much because if the dad was totally planning to take his kids up to the lodge, you know, especially during this very emotional time, grieving process, et cetera, et cetera. He should have told work, I am taking this time off to spend it with my family, or he should have just not gone up there. But no, he also is completely in denial about everything and is trying to force a very like an entirely emotionally broken, like two halves of the family to come together and that, and everything is okay. You know? Yeah. That's the, what I was looking like in denial. Yeah. Like, yeah, there were obviously problems there that never got addressed. Yeah. You know, obviously. And you know, yeah, you know, like, I mean, and I I know I already, I know I, I already brought brought this up before, but my 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 biggest issue with this film is how it paints um, somebody who was emotionally, mentally, maybe even physically abused. Like we don't know. Like Grace has a oh, very dramatic a, past. Has crosses in oh her yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? That's right. So we have somebody who's gone through. Uh, ba- basically heavy heavy trauma for most of her life has post-traumatic she was 12 yeah she disorder. was 12 when yeah. that, that happened so for the first like 12 years of her life yeah and this movie paints her as the monster yeah they make everything her fault and i don't think that is great in terms of furthering the discourse for people who need help from this kind of extreme trauma yeah i mean for what it's worth if that's what they were trying to get you to take away from it i i you know Mm. and and i would say that maybe not i think they were i don't know i mean because because if they were were trying to do that and make her out to be a a monster like i didn't take that away from the movie um Mm. you know if they were trying to do that i mean because i i felt for her like, you know, I was more yeah. horrified at what the kids did to her. Equally. And that she was me. pushed yeah. into a bunch of stuff that she was not ready for. Absolutely. Like a relationship and being a stepmom, you know? And, yeah. and I think it was taking advantage of a vulnerable state that she was in. Mm-hmm. You know, she probably agreed. You know, he kept saying, oh, she wants to do this. She really wants to, you know, do this stuff. And honestly... I feel like that was probably a trauma response. It was, I yeah. want to be normal, you know, I want to be normal. I want, you know, trying to force, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. sense of before you're ready for it, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to pretend everything's okay with herself as well. So a bunch of in denial of, you know, yeah, I can be in a relationship with this guy. I'm not emotionally scarred, you know, I mean, Especially when he probably had to dig it all up for his book. Yeah. You know? I mean, so what would be, like, your takeaway from, like, the message of this film then? Because I, I'm absolutely there with you in in the sense that, at the end, like, I totally felt for Grace. I think everyone else around her were a bunch of fucking assholes. But then, like, what is, like... In any kind of film, there's some sort of message, even in the most like 80s of 80s slashers, 
right? Even yeah. so, what is this trying to tell us about? I don't know our trauma. relationship with trauma, mental illness, society's relationship with mental illness, trauma. I think it was about mental illness and trauma. Yeah. If I had to take away, I think that's what it was talking about because you had the yeah. mom who had mental illness and Grace who did. And everybody in the movie was traumatized, um, you know, either traumatized by the mom's suicide or in Grace's case, traumatized by her, her childhood. And so it's about that. And, mm -hmm. and I guess, I mean, I don't know if this was the message they were intending, but I guess if I was going to place one on it that I would say would be the best intentioned one you can possibly take mm -hmm. is that you can't force trauma to be healed. Right. You know, you can't force it by getting in a relationship. You can't force it by fucking doing horrid shit to somebody <laughs> like, oh my God. You know, you can't heal it by pretending it's not there like the dad did. Um, you know, you can't heal it by saying, I'm going to get in this relationship. I'm going to be a stepmom. It's fine. You know, because she, because Grace, for her part, yes, we feel bad for her, mm -hmm. but she also denied a lot of stuff. You know, he at one point yeah. was like, oh, do you want me to take that down? That was Laura's talking about the cross. And she was like, oh, no, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But it did. Like, right? clearly it does. Clearly God. it does. Yeah. And clearly it bothers her. And then when he was like, I, I mean, maybe I shouldn't go. He actually did say, maybe I shouldn't go. I should stay. He did say that. They were in the bedroom. Yes. Yeah. And she had just taken her pills and she hid them behind her back, which tells me that he didn't even know she was taking pills. Absolutely. For her psychosis, which I mean, like, you're in denial about. So then it makes sense that the kids probably. Yeah, the kids probably didn't even know. And I would even question, like, would they like be able to read the label on the bottle and know what those I mean, pills he are would. For? But I mean, I think the older he would, one would. But yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, so she denied it. Like, he was like, oh, you know, are you going to be okay here? You know, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. And she's like hiding her pill behind her, pills behind her back, mm -hmm. you know, because she had just taken them when he comes into the room. And it, you know, so for her part, it was her like trying to be hunky dory, you know, and the dad yeah. did kind of the same thing. Which, like, it's fine. We can move on, you know? Plot, plot hole, though. Like, if he, the journalist, interviewed her extensively about what happened, I would think he would know about the pills and her trauma. Like, clearly, you don't, as, as a journalist, you don't talk to somebody for an entire book at length about a traumatic period and walk away going, oh, they're fine now. Like, yeah. no, that should, that just doesn't happen. Mm, uh, yeah. I mean, I suppose if I thought <laughs> about it, I could explain that with like, maybe she took them like as needed and he just, yeah. didn't, she, he, she just didn't want to know she was taking them like right then. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. Like, yeah. like that she was stressed, you know, um, that could have been it. Or he could just yeah. be a bad fucking journalist, which considering who he is as a person, he can't, yeah. I want to be surprised. Also, also very journalist logical. too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think I just, I had, as I, as I listened to us talking, like now we're getting into a lot of like speculation stuff that wasn't like directly told to us in, in the film. So I think that's really my main kind of issue with it is that there's so many questions about what happened. Yeah. Um, and it ends with it alluding to she's going to kill the kids because she yeah. had a psychotic break, which was caused by the kids. And I mean, if you really want to get into it, like forced upon her by her fiance, you know, and I don't, it almost felt like it was using mental illness for the sake of creating a scary movie. And that's mm. what I had an issue with. And I, you know me, I don't really have visceral reactions to films like this. I mean, the last one when we did um, Mid Midsummer. Oh, yeah. And yeah, again, that was a movie rooted in 
mental illness as well and yeah. cults, you know, but I was happy at the end of that one. I'm like, yeah, you got them. Like, yeah. fuck all those people. <laughs> like, but this one, there's no, there's no no redemption in it. No, for it anybody. And it's just depressing. Bad. Yeah. It just ended. Depressing. I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to like go with like my immediate gut reaction to it. And I'm trying to like figure out like logically where that gut reaction is is coming from and i think a lot of it is like we just are left to fill in the blanks with a lot of stuff that happened in the past their personalities and everything but when you're looking at any kind of media you have to go off of what's presented to the audience like to to you and do what what you can with that Mm-hmm. And, I think, yeah, and I think that frustrates me about trying to talk about the relationships between all of these characters because on on the surface you have very logical like I can see why the kids don't want anything to do with Grace da 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 and then it goes from like zero to a hundred in less than two seconds and you're like holy shit wait a minute like what happened that they would go to these extremes yeah to trick grace because that's not how they're presented like at the beginning they're just presented as grieving kids who obviously the dad had a very improper relationship with somebody he was interviewing for a book right Mm -hmm. which Red flags there all around. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I mean, that was the movie. first thing I thought. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Like, they met because he was doing this book on her cult leader dad. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, oof. Oof. which actually, just side note trivia, mm-hmm. uh, her dad was played by the actress's actual dad. The, actor, oh. the actress's actual dad. <laughs> yeah. Christine. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was that was interesting. Oh, yeah, her so co-leader dad, yeah. you see in the videos and the voice and stuff, is the actresses mm-hmm. who played Grace's actual father. So, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, do you think... I mean, because we don't know, like... I mean, we know they were close to their mom. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there was any indicator of, like, if the mom attitude like if the mom's attitude like influenced them somehow like i we I don't, don't know we don't know we don't know said, like we don't know we'd be speculating yeah and i mean the only kind of glimpse we get out of the mom is when they like made that home movie dvd for their yeah. dad as as a present and they're making snow snow angels, angels yeah you know and then you see laura go we 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 did good because and it was after her kids were like we love you mom and it's you know and i think like i assume she's talking to richard at that point like we did good with these kids but they also still look like the same age that they are in the rest of the movie so i'm i'm assuming this was done probably the The year previous christmas the pre the previous christmas you know back when they were still a family and he was probably hiding this affair from his wife for a while yeah i mean again we're yeah you know we're trying to figure we're out you know, speculating all about you know because the main focus was on like them going up the kids doing this and her psychotic break yeah it but was yeah i mean like on, i agree with you yeah. the kids were upset but like damn that's like another level that's okay. like another freaking level you know like these kids like that's pure evil yeah that to me is evil <laughs> it is <laughs> like evil. there's there's no like forgiving that and i guess the trajectory of it had ended the only way that it could end and you know given what these what um veronica friend and severn Fiala have done in the past, like I still, you know, it felt that was extremely deliberate in mm. in the lodge. I just think the focus was too much on 
religious cults and the trauma that comes from that. And then, of course, using Catholicism as that background, but it's like most cults just they, they, they don't come out of Catholicism specifically. Mm-hmm. So it was also very frustrating for me as like, I'm not Catholic anymore, but seeing a, yet another horror film that gets Catholicism so wrong too and people's relationship to that religion in particular, it was just like, I mean, the only thing that felt very real was like mom's going to hell because she killed herself. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what they, what they teach. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like that, that part, I'm like, oh man, you are fucking up for your kid. That is bad. But like, again, is there also like, do you think there's an argument to be made about like, is Catholicism cult-like or is all religion cult, cult-like? <laughs> Cause I also feel like it's trying do, to make you really that argument too. To that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, can we just look at the state of America? Yeah, true. Okay, like, and and the and the how much that Catholics and Christians browbeat everybody with their. I mean, like, okay, like if we have anybody who's Catholic or Christian, we are well aware before you come in our comments that not every single no. Christian or Catholic is like this, um, you know, but it's it's out there and the loud ones are out there and we see it all the time we mm-hmm. see it all the time as to be being browbeaten by beliefs that that differ from each other are hypocritical um that they can't even kind of think it through with facts it and that's cult behavior yeah you know that you know i mean if we're going to cherry pick and and pick the things you don't want and and whatever and ignore the rest of it and not only ignore the rest of it but ignore the actual tenets of the religion which you know i mean you know take care of the poor take care of the sick take care of the infirm you know like i mean Mm -hmm. those are all things that were in the bible and where's that yeah you know where is that yeah cult mentality doesn't have that right it's all focused on i am a leader everybody follow me i am a manifestation of god and that's whole like sociopathic psychopathic like mentality if you look at jonestown um oh good lord yeah you, you know it's all like every single like um uh manson waco we go, yeah, it, it, it's all centered around one person. I so Grace came from a classic, classic cult, and then you just happen to look like like a priest, um, which kind of makes sense when you're trying to draw people into your cult. You want to give them something that seems familiar, but then oh, make yeah. promises of how it's going to be different. Um, so, and of course, in horror movies, Catholicism is very recognizable. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... It's easy to do, but... Yeah, and I just, Mm. you know, so in essence, I think there is that very cult-like element to to Catholicism and Christianity Yeah, that we see. Um, You know, whether that's the fault of the religion itself or the way people have taken it and manipulated it for their own purposes. Yeah. I don't know, but the thing is, that's what cult leaders do. You know, they take this thing and manipulate it for their own purposes, you know, so, you know, there, there it is. I mean, just, just recently here, I live in Lubbock, Texas, and just recently we had a whole big thing about what they're trying to do, which is illegal, federally illegal to make our city a sanctuary city for the unborn. Mm, because of religion, religious yeah. beliefs, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. There was even a group that isn't even from Texas who their whole mission is to go around to these different states who are amicable to this sort of thing and help people organize to try to get their cities to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the deal. And they had a public hearing about it. The The city council bought it, stroke it down seven to zero. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, it's illegal federally. They yeah. can't they can't do that. So the whole mm-hmm. thing was just a circus. Anyway, 
you know, it was just a circus and all it serves is to confuse people about what their rights actually are, et cetera, et cetera. But my whole point of that was you can look at the public comments that they listened to people from the city talking about this and <laughs> hmm So basically they're just trying to say, oh, it's a sanctuary city for the unborn as a way to outlaw abortion. Yes. That's what it means. Because we just yeah. had a Planned Parenthood come to Lubbock. It opened two months ago. Oh, good. Yeah. We had They're one right. and it went yeah. away. They kicked it out of Lubbock, but now it's come back. And that's what kicked this whole thing off. Mm. Even though this particular one does not provide abortions. So. <laughs> oh my God. Then why are they, if that, if that doesn't, if it doesn't you provide. See, this is what I'm talking about. Right. You asked me if I thought that this thing was a cult. The logic doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, you asked me the yeah. question. I'm going to give you my honest answer. And other religions can be like that too. Yeah, um, you know, every, religions. Every religion can. Yeah. I'm pagan and I get great, you know, satisfaction from my religion and it can be taken but so many times in our history and so many times today and present day it gets twisted and becomes that cult-like behavior where you're no yeah. longer thinking through reason you're no longer thinking through the effect that this stuff has on other it's it's that mantra and you can't get it out of your head and you can't deviate from it in any way whatsoever and no other narrative can eke in about it, you know, and that, and that's what happens. And then people who are messed up cult leaders take that and use it for their own purposes. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. And so something that could be really uh, fulfilling for people and make them feel a part of the big pattern, which is what I feel like religion is supposed to do. It makes you feel part of something bigger. It makes you feel like not yeah. so like floating alone in the universe, but makes you feel like you're a part of things. You can affect things and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, it can do that. But by proxy, you have more and more these days and more and more vocal of it not being that. Of it yeah. just being a method for people to get things that they don't. And they don't even know why they're arguing against them anymore sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, they just have the talking points. They just have the mantras. They just have the sayings. They just have the brainwashing they've been giving. Yeah. Brainwashing. So, you know, yeah, it, you know, is it fair to portray it like that all the time? I don't know, but it's not inaccurate in my opinion, you know? Yeah. And I, I definitely, there were parts of how like the cult Catholicism was represented in this, namely around the concept of Catholic guilt. And I'm like, oh, that is very very prevalent in the yeah, religion. She outright did penance by doing coals and crap like that. Which she is like, yeah, that is the most like extreme version of that. That yeah. that I mean, that that's medieval. That's throughout medieval. history, very <laughs> yeah. very much. Yeah, and I mean, I mean nowadays, <laughs> nowadays I mean, you just go and say yeah. hail marys or whatever, you know, like you know, yeah. and, and you I mean, do that. But back in the day. You know, I that guess. I mean, that was no. how we're medieval, you know. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure there's like parishes or dioceses or even like individual churches where it's definitely not like this. But the Catholic environment that I was brought up in, it was very, it was dr like driven into us that we are by nature sin sinful creatures and we need to confess our sins in order to get into heaven and to to do better but it was never for me specified other than like the seven dead deadly sins or the 10 commandments you know like mm -hmm. what other sins are there and then as you go through the confirmation process, you can learn there's this other thing called venereal sins. Or oh, am I, yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of those. And oh, of yeah. course, one one of the ones that God, I have 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 I told this story on the podcast before of my last con confirmation retreat where they made us confess, where they gathered us all into this big hall and they made us confess sins. No, do tell. To, to priests. Okay. No, this is do like, tell. All right. So we, 
I was like 16. We're, you know, last retreat. And again, we, we, we go up to this remote place in the mountains. We're in like cabin dorms and everything. So again, there, I think this is also part of the reason why this movie made me have a very visceral reaction because it felt very much like, like that moment. But then our last night there, we're all gathered in the great big hall and the main facilitator, like she tells a bunch of the other people that, that, that were working there. We, they hand every single person a folded up red piece of paper, a nail, and a list of at least like 50 venereal sins that even talk about like kissing somebody of the same sex or having sex with somebody of the same sex, et cetera, et cetera. Whoa. You know, like homosexuality, you know. Wow. Right out. Huh? <laughs> right out. Right. So we we were told, look, go through that list of sins for everyone on that list that you have committed poke a hole through your folded up red, red piece of paper. Right. So we were given about like maybe five minutes to do this. And we're all joking around, like laughing and everything. We're like, this is weird. Okay. And after the five minutes, we're told to stop, unfold our red pieces of paper. Right. So of course, when you unfold the red piece of paper, it's going to look like there's a lot more holes in there than what you actually quote, because it was fold, folded up. Right. It's like folded yeah, yeah, in yeah, eight, yeah. eight, eights or something. This is so messed up. Who's whose picture is on the inside of the piece of paper jesus, jesus. With, oh my god jesus oh. with the crown of thorns and everything right and then as the entire room is looking at the red pieces of paper the woman who is facilitating everything goes see every time you sin this is what you do to jesus and i start laughing oh my god and then i realize I'm the only one laughing in the oh, room. No. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. And then so, yeah, eventually they brought in four priests to go in each corner of the room. And they were like, before you can be con con confirmed, confirmed into Catholicism, which was going to happen like, I don't know, the next week or something. We had to go and confess all of those sins to the priest. Oh my God. So when you say, like, there are some very, and again, I don't think that this is, like, what the very basic tenets of Catholicism are, but people who want to drive those points home, they do it in such, they, or they, they can do it in such unhealthy ways, like the red piece of paper thing. Yeah, oh you know? my God. So that was very much driving home the guilt, because you had a physical representation and it's like but you're telling me that being gay is a sin like how is it a sin because the bible says so wasn't the bible written by man so again like it's yeah. i i can see why catholicism is such a popular like religion to use in movies like this right but it oftentimes gets overly sensationalized and it's like can we not overly sensationalize it either? Because then it's also perpetuating a very bad stereotype because not every like diocese is like this. Not every Catholic is like this. I, I think yeah. like out of like the very, um, like very devout Catholics that I know in my life, they're not like this whatsoever. They are very like very calm, sweet, compassionate people you know, that mm -hmm. I can send them, you know, like jokes about Catholicism and then they laugh at it, right? Because it's okay, you know, to laugh about this stuff. What's not okay is to go kill people. Yeah, I mean. So, or brain, brainwash them. But yeah, so you can see why I was instantly like, I don't want to be part of this. I want yeah. nothing to do with this. Yeah, I never got confirmed, actually. Um, you're not, I you're not actually, out. I had taken classes to be confirmed. I'd done it and it was coming mm -hmm. up on it. And I told my dad, I didn't want to do it. And, uh, my argument was basically like, well, you're supposed to do this if you're really, really sure and want to dedicate your life to Catholicism. Right. I'm like, well, I'm not sure. I'm like, yeah, you know, I can always do it later. <laughs> I was forced into it and never did it. A piece, yeah. a piece of family. And I was confirmed by Cardinal who was a Cardinal at the time. Roger Mahoney, which if that name sounds familiar, 
he was at the heart of the um, sex abuse scandal in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. It came out after, like a year or two later, after I was confirmed. Oh, my God. He was covering up stuff. Yeah. So, oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Indeed. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. So. <laughs> so this explains why I had a very, like, ugh, reaction to this. Because I'm yeah. like, I mean, don't, was- don't, don't make the the – the, don't make the woman who's gone through so much trauma like the villain in this please don't <laughs> yeah i mean i didn't take that away from it which mm-hmm. you know i don't know if other people might have i mean i think people would just think it was messed up you know yeah. i mean because i think it, you know the thing they were going for is these kids triggered her trauma by being evil yeah and you know she did a bunch of shit, you know, and then they and, and whether they think she's horrible. For, I mean, I guess it would depend yeah. on the person, I suppose, looking at it, saying, oh, everybody's bad. You know, everybody, you know, is just messed up or whatever, you know, or take it like we did, which was, you know, I mean, like I said, yeah. I mean, it was a it was I mean, they, that was an evil thing they did. So evil, evil. I mean, it was evil. And I felt for her, you know, and though she tried to deny, you know, you know, how, how well she was and all of that, nobody deserves that. No, she didn't, she didn't do anything that deserved what those kids did to her. Yeah. You know, I like maybe what they should have done was like put honey in her shampoo pool bottle or shave off her eyebrows. Well, or whatever, you know, because it was missed because, um, uh, you know, at the end when she has the gun on them or whatever, you know, they goes, we did it for mommy and stuff like that, you know, and I think you're going back to what I talked about before where, you know, the dad obviously didn't get them therapy or whatever. Yeah. You know, do you think you can posit that maybe this was their fucked up way of coping? Probably. Yeah. You know, their, their yeah. fucked up way to try to try to deal with all the stuff they were feeling and. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah, that's, that's an excellent point. I mean, it very well, yeah. That make that makes a lot of sense. Oh my god, it's a lot. I mean, it's a fun movie, you guys. Everybody, it's should fun. Watch it. It's so fun, <laughs> so fun. Christmas cheer, Christmas so cheer. fun, <laughs> so fun. Um, yeah. I mean, any last word on this? Um, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. One one time is enough for me. It, it will haunt me for the rest of my life. So if that if that was their intention, then excellent. It worked on me. But it's it's something that I never. I don't want to watch this movie again. And it's not because I think it's a terrible movie. I yeah, think it, it's just how it affects you. It's how it affects me, and it's it you know obviously brought up shit for me that maybe I still need to deal with. I don't know. I just told, you know, my whole, like, most traumatic, like, growing up Catholic story. Um, But, uh, yeah. So just go into it knowing it's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Well, next time uh, will be our first episode of 2021. We will finally... Be leaving 2020 behind us. I have uh, a nickname for 2020. Would you like oh, to hear it? Yes. Hindsight. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. And this is how I torture my co-host, everybody, with really bad puns. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah okay well yes we will be into 2021 uh for this new one and we thought since we would still be in winter um it'll still be january um at that point um we were going to do 30 days of night uh not the movie we're going to do the 2002 comic book the movie was based off of um the comic book is by steve niles and illustrated by ben temple smith and published by idw um and it was based uh got turned into a movie eventually with josh hartnett um eventually premise being vampires go to alaska because it's night for 30 days out of the year straight so vampires are like woohoo vacation (laughs) party 
um, <laughs> and about what happens when that happens. So that's what we're going to be doing next time, our first episode of 2021. I'm looking and, forward to this one for yeah, sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure, for sure. And um, so follow us on Twitter at The Box Podcast. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. At The Box underscore podcast. At The the Box underscore (laughs) podcast. Yes, at at The Box underscore podcast. And we are wishing you the very best of the holidays that you celebrate. The happiest of New Year's. And be safe and healthy, y'all. Be safe and healthy. Wear a goddamn mask, please. Please wear a mask. Please. Sanitize your hands. (laughs) You know. Oh my gosh. Please. Please. Stay safe. (laughs)